most what-ifs, I think, are not all that helpful. They're more of an eye roll. But this one might be useful uh, in examining uh, what we really think about this and that. You know, they're the only what-ifs that could possibly be helpful, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Because um, in real history, real-time history, uh, there's often a lot of noise when you're in the middle of that history that, um, th- that makes it such that you can't think properly about what you think about something, all right? Um, and, and, the, and the example I'm thinking of is the example of the day, you know, which is all about you know, uh, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, you know, cop brutality, yeah, um, and all that sort of stuff. You know, and it's, it's very hard to think, and I, I think the media wants it that way um, to a large extent, but that was another episode, you know, talking about uh, the media's role in creating a lot of noise such that you can't think. Now, look, sometimes you do need a lot of noise. There's no doubt about that. You know, the French, Revo- the French Revolution was a lot of noise, and that was probably required. You know, sometimes you need a revolution, you know, but sometimes you need to think as well. You know, even in the French Revolution, you know, at the, in the early days of the French Revolution, no one could think properly there. Um, uh, we had the reign of terror early on in the French Revolution, in which you know, oh, the slaughter was horrible. You know, and, and, the, and the slaughter was down to the good guys. This episode does nothing more, perhaps, than note with interest that we had a Blue Lives Matter moment not too long ago. And during that Blue Lives Matter moment, it would have been an offence to bring up Black Lives Matter. Now, listen, look, I don't know if it was called Blue Lives Matter, but it was an outpouring of support for the police because four police here in Melbourne got killed, you know, and it was a huge outpouring of support for the police that we had at that point in time. And if it wasn't a Blue Lives Matter moment, then it sure felt like one. Billboards went uh, went up all over Melbourne, uh, even during coronavirus, uh, you know, in which, uh, you know, uh, images of police blue, you know, showing support. And, uh, you know, half of Melbourne had uh, a, a blue ribbon um, uh, tied to the back of the car. Okay, so look, that was a Blue Lives Matter moment. And it would have been an offence, and, and quite correctly too, you know, to bring up Black Lives Matter at that point in time, or, you know, Gay Rights Matter, or anything else, you know, because it would have distracted from what was going on at that point in time. Now, uh, but you really couldn't think properly about how to manage Black Lives Matter at that point in time, because Blue Lives Matter was on foot. Uh, but it's appropriate, you know, if you're in a Blue Lives Matter moment, then it is appropriate to, you know, focus, concentrate on that. Now, more recently, we've had a Black Lives Matter moment. And, you know, I I agree. It's a wrong thing to do um, during a Black Lives Matter moment. George Floyd, you know, knee to the neck, murdered by a cop. Um, It's a wrong moment to be bringing up Blue Lives Matter, you know, when you're having a Black Lives Matter moment. Yeah. Now, uh, this episode, you know, just asks the question, um, that, yeah, because theoretically all these things have to run uh, at the same time overall, you know. Um, you know like, if you were a, um, a leader of a country, you have to have your... You, you, you know, if you were a leader of your country, you have to be thinking about all of them at once. Now, you're not allowed to say it in public during a Blue Lives Matter moment. You, know, you can't be bringing up Black Lives Matter at that point in time because it's just wrong and I can see that you know but privately in your mind you have to keep thinking about all of them at once you have to be balancing up Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, um, Gay Rights Matter whatever you know um, and all those you know elderly people matter 
You know, like especially in the middle of a coronavirus, you know, a, a politician has to weigh up, oh, black lives do matter. Now the politician is actually um, weighing up um, that, you know, elderly people matter and cancer sufferers matter during a virus. Uh, we can't have people protesting. And yet black lives matter do matter, does matter at that point in time. Now, out in public, the politician and the smart person is never going to say, like anything that even hints that all lives matter, but privately in your mind, in your mind, and he's, you know, and this is the way humans are a bit, you know, sophisticated. In your mind, you are, yeah. If you're a good thinker, if you're a sophisticated thinker, you've you're, you're running all the different causes in your mind at once. You know, you're balancing up the fact that cops matter and that you know black lives matter too, and all that sort of stuff. You are. You, even if you're not saying it out loud, you know, because people can smash you down and, uh, you know, and say, don't say it out loud. Uh, but you have to think it privately. You know, there's no way, you know, for the thought police to get into that. And it's not even wrong. It's wrong to say it out loud, but it's not wrong to think of it. In fact, it's right to think of it. You know, this is the problem. Uh, you know, unless someone can do a George Orwell 1984 on you and give you a lobotomy. You have to actually consider all these things at once. And, you know, politicians in Australia and everywhere else were thinking about that during the protests, Black Lives Matter. But when they were, um, when they were saying, oh, you know, should we let this protest go ahead? The act of thinking about that was, you know, uh, a situation of people with underlying health issues matter, which was an offence... Now, in the minds of a lot of people, especially, you know, people who can't think um, properly, you know, uh, those people would have thought, if you're even thinking that, you know, that's a sin, you know, in the old Catholic way, you know what I mean? If you're even having that thought, it's a sin. But it's actually not, you know. All lives do, you know, even if you can't say it, all lives do matter. There's no getting around it. You can't get around it, but you have to think it to yourself. You just can't say it out loud. Now, you know, I can have this episode now because Black Lives Matter is starting to come off a bit now. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll be under something else. You know, we'll be onto Green Lives Matter soon again. You know, we've been there before during the Greta Thunberg moment, you know, the green um, environment. You know, it, that, that's an emergency. The environment is still an emergency far more important, you know, according to Greta Thunberg, than Black Lives Matter. You know, ask her. The environment is an emergency because with no life, you've got no nothing. You know, if, if we um, destroy the planet, we've got nothing. You know, so Black Lives Matter is nowhere near as important as, you know, um, the green concerns. You know, now, these things you hold in your head. You know, so when, when people say it, it's an offence to think all lives matter during a Blue Lives Matter moment, as we had with the cops getting killed not too long ago, um, you know, when people say that's an offence to say that, well, it is, you know, it's rude. Interrupted. Um, this, this episode um, is going to force the brain to have two of these moments be thought about at the same time, which is interesting. You know, because normally we have them separate. You know, you have a Black Lives Matter moment, then a Blue Lives Matter moment. You know, and then Greta Thunberg, and then refugees, and then this, and then that. But what happens if two of those things collide? Now, I, I contend that in it, for the, for the thinking person, you know, not the not the person who is able to think only think emotionally, you know, because there's emotional thinking, which is you know that sort of thinking that you know gets you thinking. Yeah, you know, when when a Black Lives Matter moment is on, you know, the emotional thinker can the, the person who can only think emotionally um, can't even turn his or her mind to competing interests, you know. But the sophisticated thinker, and I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm no, yeah, great thinker, you know. But this is basic stuff. Um, the sophisticated thinker, even though they're not saying it out loud, they're thinking because they're balancing all the different things together, you know. Look, when there's a protest on for Black Lives Matter, they are thinking, she, you know, should we send in the, the police to, you know, prevent this protest, you know. Whereas, you know, someone who is, you know, um, an emotional thinker will think, you know, and we had a few of those with the protests, we are going to march no matter what, you know. I've considered all the risks, and yes, I could get the virus, 
and I could even die, but I figure it's worth the risk, you know. But some of the people who think like that, you know, there was a woman I heard say exactly that um, in the media, and I think, well, <laughs> you know, you've missed something there. It's not about the risk you're taking for yourself. It's the risk you're taking for people with underlying health issues or people in nursing homes and all that sort of thing, you know. But that person hasn't got the mental capacity and has proven that with that comment to think like that, you know. But this episode's for, you know, people who are able to wonder what if a Blue Lives Matter moment collided with a Black Lives Matter moment. You know, this episode's for that person. If you, if you can't, if you're unable to think on that level, if you're unable to say Black Lives Matter, but be thinking all lives matter, then not not, not to try and foil Black Lives Matter, but in support of Black Lives Matter, you're thinking Black Lives Matter and, you know, trans lives matter and, you know, gay lives matter. If you're unable to do that, if you're unable to do that, then this episode's not for you. You Of course, you know, get off right now. You know, because you're going to be hating this episode already, you know. But, you know, I contend, and I could be wrong, that this episode is for people who are smarter than you or who, who, are, who are able to think, not only in an emotional way, it is important to be able to think in an emotional way, you know. Um, uh, but this is for someone, this episode. I, I sound rude here, but, I, you, know, as far as, you know, as far as I can tell, I mean this. This is someone who can actually uh, think not only in an emotional way, which is important, but he's also, at the same time, able to think with his or her, her head screwed on as well, at the same time. You know, they're this, and a person like that is what you want in, a, in a, a politician, for example, trying to guide us through coronavirus, for example, or through a moment like we had a couple of months ago when four cops got killed, you know, and um, we had an outpouring of support for police, or steer us through you know, the current Black Lives Matter moment in which, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, is a huge thing. And I do get the nuance of the word matter in, in, in that slogan. Um, you know, is an enigmatic meaning that we attach to the word matter in that case, you know. It, it means, you know, it's Black Lives Matter in response to any accusations or, or, you know, that black lives don't matter. You know, it's actually a bit more nuanced than what the slogan says. You know, I'm arguing against what I've said in previous episodes. But I'm, but in previous episodes, sometimes I argue one way and I, uh, sometimes I argue the other way. I don't know whether many people think like this. Yeah. Well, I haven't got tickets on myself. You know, I'm just trying to open the mind. Now, this episode is about, you know, and I recorded it earlier and here it comes, uh, the bit that's coming up is probably not as good as the bit I've just spoken, right? Because um, I spoke it earlier. And you know, once you've already spoken about something, and then you come in afterwards and bring the you know, and bring a new piece of audio in to an episode and bring it back to the start, you know, you're expre- you express yourself a lot better. You know, so you're going to get um, you know the slightly less good version of what I'm saying now in a minute. But I'll leave it there because I already spoke it. So why not? But the episode that's coming up. Uh, look, emotionally, we should not be mixing Blue Lives Matter with Black Lives Matter because it's an insult to both, all right? During a Blue Lives Matter moment, it's wrong yeah, to um, discuss Black Lives Matter, to bring it up. It's just an insult. What are you trying to do, you know? What are you trying to do in just bringing up Black Lives Matter while four cops are lying there dying? You know, you're, you're nigh on a sociopath every bit as cruel you know, and psychotic as that Porsche driver was, who was dancing around those cops at the time, you know, gleefully um, yeah, excited about the fact that those cops were lying, dying in front of him. It's amazing. He said, look at you, you're dying. I can't believe it. This is wonderful. You know, this is what he was saying. You, if you try and bring up Black Lives Matter during a moment like that, you know, you're a psychopath. You're a sociopath. You're a pig. You know what I mean? Now, same goes with, you know, during a Black Lives Matter when uh, George Floyd, you know, gets killed over in America recently. If, if you're going to bring up, you know, Cops Matter um, during a moment like that, when a cop has just killed George Floyd, you know, you're a pig, you're a sociopath, and everyone is right for smashing people who try and run an All Lives Matter line, uh, you know, 
while the black community, if you like, is um, in genuine distress, you know, and this is the emotional intelligence that you need to, you know, deal with a Black Lives Matter moment and indeed a Blue Lives Matter moment. All right, so that's that. Now, but however, we do need people in society who, if they're not, you know, we need people to lie in society, and those people that we need to lie are, for example, our politicians, you know, our Prime Minister, you know. Um, we need people to lie, and the, uh, for the following reason. They have to steer us through all these moments, the police, and balance all the concerns. So even though out loud we will insist um, that, you know, during a Black Lives Matter, only Black Lives Matter, and it's an insult, and it's an insult to say all lives matter, um, we do want, um, uh, you know, plenty of people to be privately thinking that all lives matter. Well, each of the causes one by one and, and, and balancing all those things up. We need philosophers to do that too. You know, we don't want those people to uh, be prevented from thinking those things through and, and behind closed doors debating those things too. You know, we just don't need anybody putting a bug in there and, that, and those conversations getting out. But we need people to have those discussions. In private, but we don't want that, you know, during a Black Lives Matter moment, we want our cabinet, you know, the politicians, the prime minister and all the ministers in the cabinet, we want them to discuss, you know, to balance off, to balance up, you know, um, that um, Blue Lives Matter, as well as Black Lives Matter and, and cancer sufferers matter and elderly people matter, you know, if you've got all these things colliding, you know, and... The what if, you know, in order to properly think that for, you know, in this episode, what I'm going to do is imagine that George Floyd had have been killed days after those four cops had been killed in Melbourne. So, you know, the whole world would have been Black Lives Matter, except in Melbourne. Now, this is an, you know, this is an important um, uh, thinking exercise. And I think it is important, you know, because if you don't do this, you can't, you know, you can't think properly with your head screwed on. You can only think emotionally, you know, and you're at a disadvantage. You're a bit of, you know, you're only half a thinker. Um, so what I'm going to do is imagine that. Um, what if, you know, there was a moment in time here in Melbourne where um, the whole of Melbourne had turned blue. Now, what if the whole world, you know, we've got an interconnected society here now. What if the whole world um, is Black Lives Matter and we are in the middle of a Blue Lives Matter moment, that's going to be a clash because everyone's on social media and social media crosses borders. And Melbourne's going to be, uh, you know, painted blue. And um, we're trying to say, you know, the whole world is trying to get its head around police brutality. Now, obviously, you get good police and you get bad police. You get good police forces and you get bad police forces. Look, I happen to think, you know, and people, you know, obviously, you know, you can't have a police force with some people hating it, no matter what. You know, but I happen to think Victoria Police is, you know, as good as a police force is going to get. Really, you know, name a better one on the planet right now. You know, name a better one. All right. So, um, but, you know, I, I, I think, and I may be unfair, Minneapolis police force seems to be not so good. Not at all. Um, yeah. This episode is going to grapple with all of those sorts of things. Look, sometimes you do need a lot of noise. There's no doubt about that. You know, the French, Revo the French Revolution was a lot of noise, and that was probably required. You know, sometimes you need a revolution, you know, but sometimes you need to think as well. You know, even in the French Revolution, you know, at the, in the early days of the French Revolution, no one could think properly there. Um, uh, we had the reign of terror early on in the French Revolution, in which you know oh, the slaughter was horrible, yeah, and and the, and the slaughter was down to the good guys, and not the bad guys, you know, yeah. um, and and there were other confusing moments in the French Revolution too, yeah, because you had the good guys, um, yeah, and this is just one example, um, uh, who you know were the ones saying, you know, um, let's get rid of the conservatives as such. You know, the royalty, 
at the time and um, let's free the people. You know? uh, and they created a lot of noise about that. And on one occasion, the good people, you know, the people with the freedom thoughts, uh, went out to um, the Vendée region to free the people, you know, the peasants, the peasants, you know. Um, uh, and when they got there, they found, uh, to their horror, that the peasants were siding with the local nobility. They didn't mind the nobility and, um, and the free-thinking, free-loving Parisian revolutionaries. You know, they, this, this did not fit in with their plans. They wanted to free the peasants. Or did they, you know, because, you know, and when the peasants resisted the freedom-loving revolutionaries, um, well, by that stage, the freedom-loving revolutionaries from Paris had control of the army. And the French army was uh, something not to be sneezed at at the time. It was a ripper. And, um, and so there was only one option, you know, left to the freedom loving revolutionaries and that was to slaughter the peasants in the Vendée region and that was a wholesale slaughter the war of the Vendée all right yeah so so sometimes in the middle of a revolution there's a lot of noise and not all that noise is all that helpful you know for the old thought processes now now we get a lot of noise in this day and age too as wave after wave after wave after wave of you know, largely media whipped up storm is you know sent in our direction, um, and we've had you know I've discussed that in previous uh, now all these um, in in previous episodes yeah but each of these waves is important yeah the environment wave Greta Thunberg how dare you yeah the refugees absolutely yeah. Black Lives Matter. Um, we've had a couple of others too, which I probably won't be able to remember. You know. Um, okay. Um, yeah, but the, these waves are coming in thick and fast. Um, we had two causes uh, consume us in Melbourne. Recently, I think they're both past us now. Uh, the one there was one a couple of months ago, and that was to do with um, an out, you know that caught, that triggered an outpouring of support for the police here, Victoria Police, yeah, you know, but police across Australia as well, yeah, you know, to the point where most of Australia, you know, had blue ribbons flying on its cars. I've, I've still got my blue ribbon on my car. Uh, and that was an outpouring of you know, grief, support and love for the police. You know, and that was a couple of months ago. Now, more recently, just a, a couple of weeks ago, and this, this, um, and this episode I consumed the entire world in an intense you know, kind of conflagration. You know, these things consume... Uh, well, look, we've got social media these days Um, and um, a cause can blow up into an all-consuming fire and then die away just as quickly. I'm sensing about two days ago Black Lives Matter was huge and I I do get the sense that it's just dying off now. Um, So, excuse us, um, someone's training, uh, breaking in a horse here at the moment. It it looks fantastic. <laughs> um, it's rearing up on its hind legs, trying to throw the rider. <laughs> it's a great. I should be taking photos of that. It's going nuts. Yeah, like high ho silver. <laughs> anyway, I'm at I'm at my daughter's horse riding now. Um, uh, so. Yeah, we had, you know, we've had two issues. Look, Black Lives Matter, if you asked me three days ago, I would say that is huge, that issue. Look, it seems to be dying off already. Um, I think the newspapers have sold as much content 
as they can on it. Look, they might be able to squeeze a couple of extra little bits out of it, um, but they will they will cause it to die down soon. And you know, there'll be a bit of um, disenchantment amongst the Black Lives Matter community that. I can't believe it. You know, we thought, you know, this was a moment in history and the world had changed and everyone's just, nothing's changed. You know, that's going to be the cry in a couple of weeks or a couple of days. That's how fast things can rise and fall in the modern media and social media age. Uh, But we know this because the the, the positive sentiment for the cops rose and fell in in a matter of days as well, not too long ago. All right, so that's that. Um, Now, here's the thing. Those two incidents, which was, you know, which were broadly speaking a pro-cop sentiment, you know, followed by an anti-cop sentiment, um, came two months apart. Now here comes my what if, and this might be a helpful what if. Most what ifs are unhelpful. You know, they're a bit of an eye roll. You know, you sort of say, look, uh, I've got enough real history to deal with without dealing with, you know, hypotheticals. You know. Um, and I, I'm inclined to agree with that, you know. Most what-ifs are a pain in the neck. Just let's say we've got enough um, real history to analyse to tell us everything we need to know. Well, actually, on this occasion, I think a what-if might add something, and it goes like this. What if George Floyd had have been murdered by a cop in America, you know, not, not here, um, four days after, not two months after, but four days after um, those four cops here in Melbourne got slaughtered, and I'll say that, um, by uh, that truck driver, you know, uh, accompanied with, and this is the thing that really shocked Melbourne, um, that Porsche driver uh, who was so delighted and was caught on a police uh, recording device. One one of the cops that was laying, dying, he was recorded uh, as showing his delight, expressing his delight that the cop was now lying, dying in front of his eyes. This is amazing, he said. It was like the best movie he'd ever seen. He couldn't believe it. This is great, you know. Amazing, he said, amazing. You know, and Melbourne you know, threw their support behind the cops as a result of that. Now, the two waves came two months apart, the pro-cop sentiment and the anti-cop sentiment in Melbourne. So the media was able to play them both up separately from each other you know, and sell content and sell a nice, clean message on each occasion um, you know, and sell a different message on each occasion. You know, um what if uh, George Floyd over in America, which has nothing to do with our Victoria police, really, in, really, you know, you can argue that it does, you know, but just check the damned stats on police brutality here in Victoria. I'm not trying to be an apologist for the police here. I'm just trying to think clearly, and I, you know, and in the middle of the noise of the media whipping up a Black Lives Matter, you know, conflagration... You know, or a pro-cop conflagration. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to have spoken out against the cops after those four cops died here in Melbourne a few months ago. And just recently, you wouldn't have wanted to um, speak out for the cops in the wake of George Floyd being killed by a completely different police force over in America. You know, you wouldn't have wanted because people would say you are. You know, you're essentially saying blue lives matter there when black lives matter is the cause right at the moment. You know, there is, I, I have this sense that we need to be on all these causes all the time. You know, this is my own sort of personal sort of take. You know, we need to be on black lives matter all the time. You know, black lives matter is in for a shock, I think. You know, there are a lot of black matter, Black Lives Matter people at the moment that are saying this is the moment we've been waiting for. Finally, the world is on our side. You know, this is the next, um, this is the next, what, a Martin Luther King moment. You know, the whole world's going to change out of this. Yeah. Now, I personally think I doubt it, you know, because it feels like that when you're in the middle of it. I give it four more days, maybe two weeks, you know, before, before Black Lives Matter people 
are going to get a real feeling of disenchantment as they turn around and say, guys, guys, oh, do you remember us? You know, I think refugees are feeling that way at the moment, dying in the Mediterranean. Um, you know, people in Melbourne are flooded. Oh, people all over the world, flooded city squares all over the world, crying huge tears for refugees dying in the Mediterranean about four years ago, maybe five. Um, maybe a bit more, you know, time flies. And, um, and you know, refugees are dying now in the Mediterranean, drowning, it's horrible. Uh, but no one, no one cares, come on. Maybe a couple of people are still on it, you know. But the whole world needs to not get so excited, perhaps. You know, unless you need a revolution and smash the state, well, yeah, there's a time for that. I'm not sure that um, either the cop-loving phase a couple of months ago or this cop-hating phase now is one of those moments. Some people think it is, but, you know, I'm talking about in the main. Um, you know, is, is this a French Revolution moment? I think not. Okay. Some people think, yes, it should be, you know, smash the state. Yeah, but there's always going to be those people on every cause, you know, so you can put that aside, you know. You know, even in the environment wave that we had recently, Greta Thunberg and all that sort of stuff, you know, we had people saying, just dismantle the entire world order, you know. And, and, and people are saying that about Black Lives Matter too, you know, just dismantle the whole thing and start again, you know. Now, I don't know whether that would play out all right, you know. Coronavirus knocked us about by dismantling it a fair bit, even temporarily recently, you know, and, and is it going to pan out well? I'm not sure. I think we're in for a pretty big global financial crunch. Let's see what that looks like. Yeah, I, I think the after effect, the aftershock of coronavirus is, you know, still coming. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not an economist, but you know, I think we handed out a fair few huge stimulus packages worldwide. And, you know, that sort of stuff can't go forever. And, you know, we fired all our bullets. Interest rates are at, at what, 0.25%? You know, and they're at zero percent in certain places in the world, and they even went into the negative in certain places in the world. There's no more economic bullets to fire after that. You know, um, look, is this a moment for revolutions? Maybe not. Then, if it's not, you know, we need to think clearly on Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Now, I can actually discuss both of those things now because I think the Black Lives Matter moment is um, just about over. You know, I'm sensing that the media is starting to die off on it. Um, just starting, yeah. You can see it coming off. Look, there's still some people standing around Captain Cook statues and guarding them, and there's still some protests and everything, but the, the fire, the heat seems to be coming out of it. And, boy, these things die down quick. They, they seem like they're going to go forever when you're in the middle of them, don't they? Yeah, but they die off quick. I think this one will die off pretty quick. Um, and we'll be on to something else. My sister-in-law suggests, you know, maybe a, a week or two, um, China, yeah, there'll be a huge China issue of some sort, um, and uh, she said, it, you know, there'll be a big China-USA blow up, nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter will just be shoved off the off the map altogether, and you know, and, and Black Lives Matter people, well, um, will be sitting there saying, guys, uh, remember us, you know, oh, that was uh, only f- a week ago. This was our major moment in. The, you know, the 300-year history of colonialism, slavery and all that sort of stuff, this was the moment where it was all going to change, wasn't it? Guys? Gone already? Yeah. So, with the noise coming off all of that, you know, mostly media-driven noise, look, something substantial does need to happen. Something huge does need to happen, in my opinion, on Black Lives Matter. But, you know, it's very hard to think through that. You know, now, when you're in the middle of the noise, the only thing that you can think of is dismantle all police forces. State. Just get rid of the idea of police, you know, because we haven't always had police forces. You now, what was that? Robert Peel and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's a relatively modern invention. Yeah, you know, but you get this idea, you know, starting to... When the, when the noise is too intense, you know, the, the kind of knee-jerk reaction is to say, just abolish all police forces. You know, start again, dismantle the police forces. Um, look, and we'll replace them with something else, you know. Look, my brother's a policeman, you know, and um, he said, you're just running from domestic to domestic all night half the time. It's not that pretty being a policeman. Blood on the walls. 
you know, so, you know, your typical shift, you don't, you're not actually being political as you're running from job to job all night, smashing yourself as a cop. You're running from domestic to domestic to domestic. It's nothing to do with race, colour, creed. It's a blur. You know, by the middle of the night, you can't, you, you wouldn't even know what race, colour, creed each domestic was. All you know is the blood is red every time as it's splattered on the wall. When some blokes just, you know, smashed his wife in the face, you know, and all this sort of stuff. He said, that's the real police. You know, that's the real job of policing. It's not ideological most of the time. You're just trying to get through your shift. You know, and he said, uh, uh, you know, and I remember this one, you know, sometimes, you know, you get a, uh, there, there's, we've had our, you know, um, be kind to Muslims protests or whatever they are. Um, you know, these are waves of protests. You know, Muslims are off the table at the moment, like Black Lives Matter will be off the table soon. Muslims are right off the table at the moment, but they were huge not too long ago. Now, on that occasion, you know, I, uh, some, I was with some cops and they were discussing, um, oh, what are we doing tomorrow, you know? Uh, oh, riots, you know, oh, we've got the protests down in Coburg. Oh, shit, all right, um, okay. <sighs> are you on that one? Yeah, i got to go. Yeah. It was nothing more, you know, that, that was what was on the actual cops' minds. They weren't being ideological, you know. They were just saying, oh, God, do I have to do that one? Can't I do domestics or something tonight, you know? Do I have to go down to the bloody protests? You know, I'm just going to get spat on and I'm going to have to pepper spray someone. I don't even want to, you know. It was kind of that. There was, a, there was an apathy, you know. There was a, a reluctance. There, there was a, I don't want to go, you know, to, and, and get between these two batches of idiots, you know, the left and the wing, or the left wing and the right wing. I don't want to go, you know. Uh, you're going. Yeah, so they were sent down there and they, oh, everyone get ready. You got your stuff, yeah, you got your pepper spray, yeah, you know, blah, 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 you know. And um, off they went and, you know, and then <laughs> sure enough, you know, someone gets pepper sprayed, someone gets this, someone gets handcuffed, someone gets that. And, um, and then, you know, the media managed to capture a photo. And then, um, yeah, it, it does the rounds on social media. Cop fascists. You know, attacking protesters because, you know, they are uh, all right-wing fascists. You know, whereas I just met those guys the night before and they... Well, actually, the only thing they were thinking is, I really just want to go to the footy this weekend and this is just a job I have to go to. You know, this sort of thing. I'm not trying to be an apologist to the police. I'm just saying that's, you know, that's what I noticed. Um, All right, so that's that. Now, the what-if I was thinking about is, you know, you can't think in the middle of the noise. If you think in the middle of the noise, you know, especially if it's media generated, you know, even I, three days ago or six days ago, when Black Lives Matter was big, it's already coming off now, um, I would have, you know, I started to entertain the thought in my mind. I really did. Maybe we could dismantle all police forces in the world and replace them with, you know, community sort of encouragement programs or something and you know but then I started thinking oh who's going to run around to all the domestics then you know psychologists you know scraping blood off the walls and all that sort of stuff and what happens is when you do go around to those domestics from what I've heard is um you get to the domestic and there's blood on the walls and um the cop starts arresting the bloke and the woman starts screaming and jumping on the cop for you know picking on her man and uh, all, you know, the cops just roll their eyes. And, uh, and again, you know, and, and, and if, if that person, you know, if that domestic they've been to, and like I said, it's a blur by now, and they, can't even, they don't even know if they're Muslim or African or Chinese or Aussie or anything, you know, because domestics happen with all the groups. Um, you know, and, and it gets reported, you know, police, police brutality against, you know, whoever, African uh, pair, you know, um, you know, let's say that guy's off his head on ice or something, and who, who cares what he is? He might be African, you know. Oh, he might be Aboriginal, you know, and um, he's just bashed someone. Now, this is not the norm. It could be anyone, but, you know, um, that one gets ticked. And then that guy, you know, because you have to look up the definition of uh, black deaths in custody, um, and that guy later is taken to a, uh, a cell, you know, a lock-up for that night, and, um, and dies that night now a lot of black deaths in custody are shocking and you know 
we need to do something about that. But when you see signs around town saying 400 and whatever, 30 black deaths in custody in the last, what, 15 years or whatever, maybe I can't remember how long, um, you know, that guy that night, he's counted as one of the black deaths in custody. You know, and we had an American, an African-American on the TV recently and said, look, you've, got, you've had 430 uh, blacks murdered. That was the exact word she said. I think she, she was, it was definitely on Q&A. She was on Q&A and she said, our ABC, um, uh, you know, you are not exempt, over you, over in Australia. You've had 430 Aborigines or Indigenous people murdered by police. And do you know nobody on the panel there uh, said, oh, excuse me, uh, no, maybe we're not sure, you know, how many of those 430 were murdered. You know, there is a definition of murder, um, you know, um, and, and sometimes, you know, de- depending on the definition of what a black death in custody means, a lot of those people might not have been in the hands of the police at the time they died at all. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's got, there's some definition in which, you know, the cops only have had to have had contact. They, you know, um, been involved you know, look, it's complicated, but gee, it's put about as if it's simple. Now, in the middle of the um, furor, the, sorry, the conflagration, if you like, um, that, that has been Black Lives Matter over the couple of, last couple of weeks, gee, it's going to be depressing for the Black Lives Matter people when it comes off. But anyway, it's a whole other story. Um, even I was starting to entertain the idea of dismantling police forces. You know, and I was starting to... Th- Think back to ancient Rome and all that sort of stuff. Or they had systems too, you know, private armies and all that sort of stuff. Maybe we could go to something like that, you know. Um, what was it, the, the guard, you know, um, that they, they used to put around the... Interrupted by an incoming phone call. Um, okay, now where was I going with all of this? Um, yeah, I was on a roll there, but it's nice to have the roll chopped off, you know, so that I can just get back on track. And um, the getting back on track is this. What if um, George Floyd over in America had been murdered, because I think he was murdered, uh, you know, I'm no fan of the Minneapolis police force from what I've heard. And I mean not just individual police. I'm, I'm not sure about the culture down there. And yet I feel pretty good about the culture of the Victoria police. You know, when I'm thinking about um, the culture of police in general, you know, because, you know, the entire idea of a police force, you know, is maybe a bad idea. Right? But putting that aside for a minute, you know, because whatever you might replace it with might be a bad idea too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, having said all that... Um, yeah, the what if I'm thinking about is this. What if George Floyd had have been murdered, because it appears that he was, but, you know, the court case is yet to go through, um, four days after the four cops here in Melbourne got wiped out, you know, no, that'll end up manslaughter and all that sort of stuff, by that truck, you know, with the Porsche driver standing, uh, standing by on the side of the road, you know, expressing his delight about that you know, and 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 tell you know the last thing that policewoman heard in her entire life was you've wrecked my Porsche you know because the cops pulled him over and then the truck that came in to, and killed the police actually wrecked his Porsche as well and the last thing that but that policewoman you know she would have had a complicated life you know loves disappointments, happinesses, sadnesses, all that sort of thing. But the point is, the very last thing she heard in her life was this guy saying, you you wrecked my Porsche and now you're dying. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, in some senses, look what you've done to yourself. Yeah, we had an outpouring of grief for that in Melbourne. Um, Now, what if um, George Floyd had died days after those four cops had died here in Melbourne. Now, the rest of the world still would have gone nuts for Black Lives Matter and, you know, we've got to do something about police brutality. But here in Melbourne, we would have been conflicted. We would have had two waves at once. See, what's, what's happened is that these waves that are coming through, 
you know, the whole community gets behind the cops, the whole community attacks the cops, you know, the whole community gets behind the refugees, the whole community attacks the refugees, um, the whole, you know, and the media drives that, you know, both sides. And sometimes they drive two at once, you know. We hate the refugees and we love the refugees, you know, and the Herald Sun will run one angle and the Age will run the other angle and all that sort of stuff and the two editors will go back to the Melbourne Club afterwards and count their profits, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not being cynical, it's what happens, it's what happens. Now, uh, what if um, we had this situation um, where the two issues collided? Because what we would have had then, because right now, or in the last couple of days, you haven't been able to, dis- you haven't been able to utter the words "Blue Lives Matter." See, but two months ago, "Blue Lives Matter" was all the rage. Now, at the moment, it's "Black Lives Matter." Now, if you say "Blue Lives Matter" during a "Black Lives Matter" moment, you are, you know, probably quite rightly smashed. Now that's in, you know, that's okay, all right, that's the way we manage waves that are caused, you know, because in the end, logically, all lives matter, but you can't say all lives matter during a blue lives matter moment, or a black lives matter moment, you know, or a refugee lives matter moment, or an elderly people's lives matter moment. The point is you can't say that during one of those moments, but what if two of those moments collide? And I, uh, the what if I'm thinking about is that that would have been a really interesting test because we're always trying to work out ourselves, aren't we, we humans? It would have been an interesting thing if, because after the four cops got killed, sorry for the wind, I can't do anything about it. After those four cops got killed, billboards went up all around Melbourne with big thank you messages on them. You know, we, you have our support. Police, sorry, this is windy, isn't it? Uh, police force, you have our support, we love you. Billboards went up all around Melbourne. Cars all over Melbourne had blue ribbons on the back of them. We were in the middle of a, 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 a let's support our police phase. Now, what if the rest of the world at that moment had have entered into a um, hate the cops phase, you know? Now, you can, now, of course, it's polarised, you know, and there's a whole lot of people saying we love our cops still, but they're being smashed um, as, you know, trying to distract from the plight of black lives, you know. So, you know, they're, they're put down as blue lives, you know. How dare you say blue lives matter during a black lives matter moment, you know. You, you- interrupted again look i'll wrap it up you know i'll take that as my cue to wrap it up uh you know where i'm going with this what if blue lives matter had have have been had have been interrupted by black lives matter um well for a start um the two you know slogans um would have had to be discussed together which would be interesting look one way or another the media would have polarized the whole thing and it would have been chaos and a mess and people screaming at each other and you know um people hating cops people loving cops the whole bit you know all that would have happened and excuse the error excuse the airplane on this occasion um but um but at the same time a more nuanced uh discussion would have been possible you know in one's own head you know because the noise would have been out of it, you know, in terms of your own thinking through these things, you know, because in the middle of Black Lives Matter, I wasn't even able in my own mind to think about things like Blue Lives Matter because that would have been an insult to Black Lives Matter in the moment, you know. But what if the two moments had coincided? The four cops here in Melbourne had been killed days before, you know, George Floyd had been killed in America, you know, and triggered, you know, and activated that very real issue that is Black Lives Matter. What if the two things had come at once? You know, we would have had billboards all over Melbourne expressing love for the police at the same time, and blue ribbons on everybody's cars, well, not everybody's. Um, It would have been wrong to have a blue ribbon on your car. And at the same time, it would have been wrong not to have a blue ribbon on your car, if you know what I mean. And I think that, you know, on a personal level, it would have been an opportunity to think more clearly 
Yeah, but in, in public discourse, it would have been a mess anyway because, yeah, public discourse is a mess regardless. But, you know, I think this is not a useless what-if to think about. You know, now the Blue Lives Matter has come off as a hot topic and now the Black Lives Matter is dying off at the moment. Look, that's probably got a couple of days to run yet. But, boy, there's going to be a lot of disenchanted Black Lives Matter people in a few days or a couple of weeks or whatever when that comes off. Yeah, I know this because there's a lot of disenchanted cops at the moment who can't believe that that groundswell of support for them died off so quickly, you know, to the point where, you know, people started to hate them. You know, they go, how can you love us and then hate us? Well, that's the modern world. Oh, look, it was pretty nuts back in ancient Rome too. Hey, humans, what can you do with them? You know, short of, you know, throwing straw in their rooms. Well, actually, you can't go with that joke anymore because that's a Basil Fawlty joke and they've started, you know, um, and they've started to ban Fawlty Towers, you know, in the heat of Black Lives Matter. Look, Black Lives Matter will come off. Gone with the wind will come back. You know, Little Britain might even come back, you know, in a couple, give it a couple of weeks, you know. We don't mean anything during the heat of a debate. We just play along, we humans. Uh, Nothing ever happens. (laughs) Oh, look, it's cynical. Why don't you be the judge, you know, by the time you hear this in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years and you tell me whether it meant anything, you know, whether the fire that was Black Lives Matter in, uh, what is it, June 2020... You know, mattered all that much. Um, you know, where you sit in 2021 or 2027 or whatever, you know, are you saying something like this in 2030? I can't believe this sort of thing is still happening in 2030. You know, I'll just ask that question. Are people saying that right now in 2030 as you listen to this? And if they are, you know, are people saying, have we come nowhere? We have come nowhere. You know, do you remember George Floyd? A lot of people say no, you know, but look, We had a George Floyd moment in 2020, and look at us in 2030. We have got nowhere. We have come nowhere. People will be saying that in 2030. End of episode. I stopped the press. Uh, During that episode, I said Black Lives Matter seems to be coming off a touch as an issue, uh, you know, that was contingent on, on it not happening again. You know, that sort of observation, prediction, you know, whatever. Uh, it has happened again. You know, another black bloke has been shot by another white cop in a, in a Wendy's car park, of all things. You know, I, there'll be details associated with it. It's hard, it hard, the details hardly matter. Um... Uh, you know, so there you go. Um, and, and, you know, and, and subsequent to that, in no time at all, and pretty much immediately by the look of it, the Wendy's has been burned down, you know. So I suppose, you know, on top of the moral of the story that, you know, don't get into a tussle, you know, because I think that happened, with a cop, if you're black, you know, might as well not show up on the street as um, the song Hurricane goes. But on top of that, you know, don't invest in a Wendy's at the moment. Uh, Look, if something's happening in your car park and you own a Wendy's, don't call the cops. You know, Um, if if, if there's something happening, you know, if a black bloke is asleep in your car park, you know, possibly inebriated or whatever, in the drive-thru, don't call the cops. You know, because you might get your Wendy's burned down. You know, which is a side issue, but the bigger issue is... um, uh, just don't be black at the moment in America. Uh, actually, just don't be black. Yeah, don't, you know that's and that's pretty wise advice, I think. And I, I'm, you know, on one level, I'm not trying to be funny.